Welcome to the Anthem Church Podcast. Our desire is to transform lives through authentic experiences with God and with people. This message is brought to you from Anthem Church in Fairview, Oregon. We pray you are encouraged, inspired, and strengthened through the teaching and preaching of God's Word. Okay, well today we're going to finish up the last uh, uh uh, last message in this series called The Holy Spirit. And uh, this series really has been about unpackaging and unveiling who the Holy Spirit really is and the role he plays in our lives. And and uh, we began with the thought that uh, many people uh, don't have a clear understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, we talked about how, uh, you know, our theme verse in Acts 19 how the first church is growing and, you know, there's great men and women of God that are going out from Jerusalem. They've been filled with the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. And they are spreading the gospel all over the, the, from, from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. And they get to, they're going into these major cities. And this verse says that Apollos was at Corinth and Paul took the road through the interior, arrived at Ephesus, a great city. Lisa and I have been there. Uh, the, the remains, the library at Ephesus is one of the wonders of the world, and uh, it's a, a, just an amazing place. And uh, they, they, they get there to Ephesus, and, and they find some disciples, and they ask them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, that's an amazing thing. See, they're, they're, And I think that today, we live in a time where there's many people that have not heard or don't understand, we're kind of in that similar situation, have not heard or understood all that the Holy Spirit can, can provide and do in their lives. And so, um, you know, people understand God the Father. I mean, God bless America, right? We sing the song, right? People have this understanding of a God that's, that rules over the universe, the, uh, you know, that, that is, a, that is a, a loving, a kind, a generous God, amen? And then people have an understanding of Jesus, I think, for the most part. They know that God sent Jesus, you know, John 3.16 shows up at the football games, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, people have this concept of Jesus the Savior. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, they're kind of like these people who say, you know, we have never even heard of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to talk about how the Holy Spirit can be a part of our lives and, and, and continue to unpack that. So um, we tackled a few terms, right? Um, we tackled the, the, we talked about the first week about the names of the Holy Spirit and how, how ghosts and spirit, and you, you think about ghosts and spirit and what kind of images that brings up, you know, you know, who wants to get to know a ghost or a spirit? You know, it's kind of like, that's creepy, right? Uh, but that's not the, who the Holy Spirit is. When we looked at the, the, uh, <laughs> I, I dated myself with that D-D-D-D-D-D, right? Twilight Zone, anybody remember Twilight Zone, right? Okay, just a few. I'm going to have to get better, uh, better stuff, okay? So, <laughs> all right. Well, we talked about, you know, uh, that first week, the, his name from the Greek, Ruach, right? And in the New Testament, the word, Greek word pneuma, and it, 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 what it means is a breeze, a wind. 
and how it's like a fresh breath of fresh air that God blows across our lives. And that, that's who the Holy Spirit is. He, he comes to refresh us, to give us hope and to encourage us. He's not, you know, and, and, and empower us. We talked about uh, Pentecost, right? We unpacked the word Pentecost. We found out from where we get the word Pentecostal. We, and uh, Pentecost, we found out, is a date. It's a day. You know, it's 50 days after the celebration of Passover. It, it, you know, it's not about crazy people who just jabber in tongues and do crazy stuff with snakes and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, it's a date. It's where God gave gifts. God gave the gift of the, the Word of God to His people in the Old Testament. And He used that day to give the gift of the Holy Spirit to His people. And we talk about how everybody needs their own personal Pentecost. Amen? And then we talked about uh, the, the, the term charismatic. Come on, charismatic. And you found out you're actually in a charismatic church. But that charis charisma, the word it comes from, means gifts. It just simply means gifts. Whereas when a lot of people think about charismatics, they think about things that are wild in church, like people running and rolling and barking like dogs and, you know, wearing too much makeup or none at all, you know, things like that. It's just all kinds of that stuff. In fact, I was talking to, uh, I was out at dinner with John Maxwell, and yes, it, it was the real John Maxwell, the writer of all those books. We were at The Key over in Vancouver and uh, many years ago, and we were sitting and talking about the the power of the Holy Spirit that God, that, and he said to me that we evangelicals, we want the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's, by evangelicals, he's talking about a whole group of, of believers that believe in God, believe in the Son, believe in the Holy Spirit. They're, they're, you know, Christians who are spreading the gospel. But he said, we want the power of the Holy Spirit. We just don't want the carnival act that goes with us. Wasn't that right, Lisa? That's his exact words, where we want that. We want the power of the Holy Spirit, but not the carnival act. And I can, re I can relate to that. Because the truth is, if, if I had come to understand the, the power of the Holy Spirit, or if I had not been filled with the Holy Spirit prior to some of the things I've seen in my 40-year journey with Jesus, I might be a little bit, a little bit, uh, <laughs> you know, I've seen some wild and crazy stuff, and I might be a little bit like, I don't want that either, right? And so that's why I think we end up not having the kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit that God wants us to have, amen? So we talked about the charisma, the, the gifts that God has for us, the spiritual gifts that come via the Holy Spirit, and how without them, really, we can't reach our full potential. And I don't know about you, but I want to reach the full potential that God has for me. Use all the spiritual gifts that he wants, that he's given me so that I can do, fulfill the purpose of God in my life. And here's a fact. You will not be truly happy or satisfied in life until you are operating in the grace gifts that God has given you. And many of them are yet to be discovered in your life. And God just, you know, you start unpacking some of the, 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 the some of the, um, the kind of like gifts under the Christmas tree. You always go for the big ones first, right? But the really good ones are those last ones that are in small packages, right? And God allows us to, you know, experience some, but then he continues to allow us to open more and better and, and deeper ones. But today I want to talk about a term called baptism in this final uh, message, baptisms. 
and how baptism is connected to the, to the Holy Spirit. And the word baptism is from the Greek word baptisma, okay, which simply means to be immersed or immersion, okay? So the New Testament speaks of three different baptisms. We're going to look at them that are available to every person, every believer. God wants you to experience these three baptisms, and here they are. The first one is being baptized into the body of Christ, being baptized into the body of Christ. First Corinthians 12, 13 says, for we are all baptized by one spirit into one body. If you like taking more notes, get out your pencil and write salvation right there. This is when you were born again. It was when you were baptized into the body of Christ. You were immersed into a relationship with Jesus the Savior. And, and that's what this is all about. You, and, uh, and, uh, and I'll tell you what happened. You're baptized in one spirit into one body, into his body, into relationship with Jesus. Well, when you're in relationship with Jesus, you can't be in relationship with the head unless you're in relationship with the body also, okay? So God, the, the church, the people of God, the family of God is, is part of your salvation. And that's why it's so important to be connected to a local church. And that's why I emphasize it all the time that the local church is a very important part of your walk with God, part of your salvation. And honestly, the truth is when you really get saved, you want to be part of a local church. It's something that's just inside of you. Say, man, I need to find a church home. I need to be a part of the local church. Why? Because you've been immersed. You've been baptized into that body. And when you're outside of it, you don't feel, you're not complete and you know it. And so God wants us all to be a part of that. It's part of our spiritual journey. Look at in Galatians 3. It says, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ and have clothed yourself with Christ. This is that salvation experience I'm talking about. And it's a total immersion into, uh, God, into a life-giving relationship with Jesus. The disciples experienced this. After Jesus died... He rose again, so now the price has been paid for sins. Now, there, now you can be born again. Now you can be forgiven because it's been paid. And he shows up to the, with the disciples in, in John 20, verse 19 through 22. I'm sorry, we don't have it. I'm going to read it to you. It says, on the evening of the first day, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders... Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Now, I have to say, this is one of the funny places in the Bible. You have to read the Bible. There's so much humor in the Bible, okay? You know what, what's funny about this is because here's all these disciples. They're locked in a room, man. They got Katie bar the door, right? They got the doors barred. They got the windows shut. They're, they're afraid for their life. And all of a sudden, Jesus pops into the room. There he is, right? And they, and, and like, and, and, uh, and so what does he say to them? Peace be with you. Why does he say peace be with you? Because they're freaking out. Wouldn't you freak out if you're locked in a room hiding from somebody and all of a sudden, bang, somebody else is in the room. You go, Where, where'd you come from, right? Well, and so he says, peace be with you. That's funny. Come on, that's funny. That really is. I know you're not laughing, but I think it's funny. And I don't care what you think. Anyway, uh, so, 
<laughs> and he said, he shows him, so he says, so somebody probably said, hey, prove it, right? And he goes, here, here, here's my hands. He said, uh, and he, after this, he said, he showed them his hands, his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw Jesus, saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you, now that they've settled down. And he's got their attention, and he says, as the Father has sent me, here's where it gets good, I am sending you and with, the, and with that, and with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And it was at this moment, this was the moment that the disciples were born again. Because the breath of God came, was, came over them, the breath of life was breathed on them, and, they, and eternal life came into them. They were born again, they were forgiven, God had, uh, you know, and they were uh, baptized in, immersed into the body of Christ. It's a very important moment in their lives, amen? And uh, so now, here's the next, here's the thing. The scripture, different authors looked at the same moment and they wrote different things. So in the book of Luke, this is in the book of John, in the book of Luke, Luke 24, we get an opportunity to get a little bit different angle of this same encounter. So in Luke chapter 24, and you can read it when you get alone, but the same thing happens. Jesus shows up. He shows them his hands, his feet, uh, and uh, he tells them, you know, God's got a mission for you, but wait now until God gives you the power to get this done. Wait in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere until I, you get power from on high. And then in Acts chapter 1, we see the same scene again in uh, Acts 1 verses 3 through 5. And write that down. And it says, after this suffering, he presented himself to them which is simply, he popped through the wall again. Okay, here he is. He shows up, and he gave them many convincing proofs. He showed them his hands and his side, right? I'm the one that he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, right? He's talking about the same one. He said, gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard from me, for John baptized with water, but in a few days he'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So all of these are, have a familiar uh, aspect to them. It's simply God, Jesus, you know, coming, them being born again, and him saying, listen, there's more for you. So let's go on. What's the second baptism? The second baptism the scriptures talk about is water baptism. Water baptism. It's right there. We had many that got, got baptized last week. Uh, we had somebody get baptized this morning in the first service. And uh, now, listen, your salvation does not require you to be baptized. And some people have taught that, you, that you have to, you know, that baptism is, you know, you have to be baptized to be saved. Not true. Not true. And I'm going to tell you why. Salvation is a gift from God. There's nothing you can do to earn it. It's by grace alone. And so if you had to get baptized, then you'd have to do something for your salvation. But you don't. It's a gift, okay? It's some, it wouldn't be by grace. However, the Bible says, you know, that we do need to be baptized, right? It's a, and why? Here's the reason why. Because baptism is a public profession of, an, of a private decision. It's a public profession of a private decision. Okay, and it's kind of like my wedding ring here. Okay, my wedding ring does not make me married. I'm not married because I wear a wedding ring, 
right? My wedding, it, it, my wedding ring is simply, uh, just says, it's a public profession, it just says, I have to say it, that this amazing hunk of a man flesh is off the market, right? It's, it's claimed for life. Isn't she lucky? <laughs> this band, right? It's, it, it says I belong to somebody. I'm making a public profession with this band, amen? And, uh, and, and listen, it's a public declaration of a private commitment, a private commitment between Lisa, my, I, I, and God. Amen? And so, uh, and that's why you need to go, you, you need to declare. You need to go public with water baptism. That's what water baptism does. It's a, it's a public profession of a, of a private decision. That's why we have you bow your heads, close your eyes, lift your hands. It's a private decision. But after you make the private decision, you need to make a public declaration. And that's what water baptism is. It says, you know what? I have, I've been, I've been, I've, I've made, Jesus is my savior and I, he is my Lord. And you make this public profession before the world and uh, this and why it's important now now what's not important okay what's not important is what people say over you when you're baptized okay now I know there's been a lot of argument about this that some people say you can only that you've got to be baptized in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit I don't know if that's three dips Father Son and the Holy Spirit or just hold you down long enough till, till uh, yeah, they can say Father Son and the Holy Spirit or, you know, and others say you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus only. That, that's it. And listen, denominations have been uh, created just over this one thing. You know, these spiritual wars that go on, right? And, and let me just settle this. It isn't going to matter. Okay? It doesn't matter. In fact, you're lucky to be at Anthem because when you get baptized in the Anthem, we go, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay? So we got it all covered. We do it. Okay? But you're not going to get to heaven, and you're not going to be in heaven and, and go up to the pearly gates, right? And Peter's going to say, oh, hey, uh, ah, I got some bad news for you. Whoa. What do you mean, got bad news for you? Well, you know, when you got baptized, yeah, when they put you under the water, I know you didn't hear it, but the guy said the wrong thing, and sorry, no, that's not going to happen, okay? That's not going to happen. I like this coffee. Whoever gets <laughs> Yeah, I should do a Starbucks commercial, right? There it is. All right. So, but this is just, this is what Jesus said. Whoever acknowledges me, and this is serious, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. So that's why it's so important, it's so important to make a public profession because what you're saying is that Jesus is my Lord and you're making that public profession and you want Jesus to declare you and to acknowledge you before the Father. Come on, say amen. So that, you know what that means? There are some of you in here that have not been baptized since you, water baptized since you believed. And guess what it's time for? It's time for you to hit the tank. That's right. It's time for you to make a public declaration of the private decision yet you've made. Yeah, well, I know Jesus in my heart. Well, good. Then let's go. Let's get in the tank, okay? And 
I left it up. We had it up last week. We left it up just for this. If you need to get make that public declaration, you can. At the end of the service, we're gonna you, we're gonna during our response time. You just march right up there. Go. You know what? You may get wet. You may get the seat wet. Don't worry, it'll dry. You may get your car wet. We got towels. <laughs> you know. Praise God. Best thing you ever did. Okay, so that's going public. Third baptism that the Bible talks about is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that's available for every, every person, every follower of Jesus. And it's so important. Jesus said, listen, you have to wait for it. Don't try to live this life without it. Uh, you know, because the Holy Spirit is going to bring power into your life that you need. And, uh, you know, the, the Bible says when you are saved, the Holy Spirit came into you. But Jesus said, wait till the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that's going to, that would be a second thing that happened. And the best way to explain it is if this was water and water was, and we filled this with water that, and the, the Holy Spirit fills you, right? But when the, but then if you took this cup of, of let's water, okay, and you stuck it in a, in a, in a, in a ocean or a pond or a lake, it would be immersed in the water. And there, the water would be all around you and, and, and you'd be immersed. And that's what, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that's how it works. The, the, there is just an immersion into God's presence, into the Holy Spirit's powder. And it's a greater dimension that God wants you to live in. In Acts 8, at point, there's a story where all three of these are uh, talked about. Uh, Philip goes down to Samaria in Acts 8. He, God's working miracles. The gospel is being preached, and the Samaritans believe. They're baptized. And then look what happens next in Acts 14, uh, or Acts 8, 14. It says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they were born again, they had received Jesus, they had been immersed into the body of Christ, they sent Peter and John to them. And when they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit, what? Had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. You see it as a, something that was in addition to them uh, after their salvation. There's another place in 1 John 5 where it mentions all three. In 1 John 5, 7 and 8, it says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, okay? It's the Father, all right? The Word, who John had a, had a, um, who John loved to call Jesus, okay? Loved to call Jesus the Word. And the Holy Spirit, and these three are one, really points to the, the three, trini the Trinity, right? And, uh, these three are one, and there are three that bear witness on earth, and here they are, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as, as one. Well, the blood is being immersed into Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that sets us free from sins. That's how we're baptized into salvation. The second is being immersed in water and publicly making uh, that uh, declaration of a private decision. Where, and then the third being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So we have the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and those things coming in agreement in our lives. Amen? So, so the first baptism, let me say it again. 
Baptism in the body of Christ, it, it's, we don't have nothing to do with it. It is all a gift from God. But the next two involved action on our part. The water baptism means we've got to get in the tank. We've got to get in the water, right? And then stepping into the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it takes action on our part. And that's uh, an important part of it. And listen, to, to just share a little bit about how that happens, I, I just want to tell you, I thought the best way is just to tell you a little bit of my story. And uh, because uh, my deepest hope is that you would desire with all your heart to experience that overflow, that baptism, have the Holy Spirit come upon you and be filled with the power that is ready and waiting for you in the Holy Spirit. See, I grew up going to church. I grew up in church. I, I, we, I, did all, I followed all the rules. I did the, uh, the religious things when I was supposed to, on the days that we were supposed to. And, and, uh, but I knew something was missing. There was, I, I was afraid. I, was, um, I would wake up in the middle of the night wondering, where did this all begin? Where is it all going to end? Who am I? Uh, and there, these questions would torment me, and I couldn't rest, and I couldn't sleep. And, and uh, it scared me. And uh, then through a totally miraculous divine intervention from God, my dad uh, got saved. And suddenly he was talking about having a relationship with Jesus that was personal and that was real. And I realized it was something I wanted. And, and I ended up getting born again. I, I went to, we, he took us to church and I surrendered my life to Jesus and, and I was born again. It was amazing. And I knew something miraculously happened to me. I, I couldn't explain it. I just knew that, you know, suddenly I was different and I knew, and I didn't, all those questions that were inside of me, they were answered. And there was a peace down in my, the, the depth of my soul. And I, I was baptized in water as a believer. I made a public profession of my private decision and and, uh, and for a while it was good, but I was still quiet. I was still shy. I was still um, a little bit intimidated by the world. I'd, I, it was a hard time for me to, to, you know, to share my faith with my friends. And, and uh, pretty quick I started struggling with my confidence I, and my, um, you know, with, with my thought life and with my, uh, a, lot of, a lot of things. And I, I got discouraged. And I was ready to throw in the towel. I was ready to say, you know what, God, I'm done. If this is all there is to being a Christian, then, then I'm done. And I know a lot of, maybe some of you have been there before too, that you, you know, Christianity is just like, well, if this is all there is to it. You know, I'm, okay, I can take it or leave it. And I was at a, this desperate point in my life where I was ready to just leave it and go back to what being what I was. And but, uh, you know, I, I prayed one more sincere and desperate prayer. God, if there's anything more to this, I want it. I want it. Please show it to me. And through a set of circumstances, God brought this young man into my life. He was uh, 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 Mark Verkler, and he was an intern, uh, intern youth pastor. Uh, and he began to, and he shared with me about another baptism about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit coming upon us and empowering us. And, and he, uh, he showed me and he, to how to experience that. And I, and I stepped into a, a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I invited him to come upon me. And I'm telling you, it, that, that moment that I did that, 
Nothing happened. <laughs> Nothing. In fact, you know, he said, okay, let's pray. Let's pray. And the, the guy begins to pray in this incredible heavenly prayer language that I thought, wow, that is amazing. You know, I'm just standing there with my hands kind of turned up and I'm looking at him going, wow, that, like I said, is amazing. <laughs> and then, you know, and so I prayed and I asked the Holy Spirit to come into me. I asked the Father to give me the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't spectacular. But my friend Mark said to me, you know what? God will honor what, he, what, what you ask because this is something he wants for you. And that it would require me to take a step of faith. And uh, so I tried, but nothing really happened. But when I went home that night, I got down on my knees again and I said, Lord, I want everything you have for me. And suddenly, the Spirit of God came over me and upon me. And I began to pray in this language that I could not understand. And everything in my understanding went crazy. My mind started firing thoughts because the language I was speaking in and praying in was not a language that I understood with my head. And so my thoughts were still thinking in, in the words I understood, like, you're nuts. You are babbling like an idiot. You're going crazy. People are going to, you, you know, you, you sound like a baby. And I thought to myself, and, and I said, no, no, I'm going to shut that off. I turned that off and said, this, you know, God just came over me that night. Well, the results were unmistakable because I got up from my knees from that place a different person. And I'm going to tell you what it was like. It was like a man stood up inside of me. And all of a sudden, something stood up inside of me and almost kind of filled me out. And it was like steel, you know, came into my bones. And I, and I stood up like a, a man and I, I thought about you know as I read uh, more and more I've read about how you know when God encountered the prophets of old and and God would show up and they'd fall down on the ground and the spirit of God would lift them up and set, stand them on their feet and I and it, that's the way it was for me and all of a sudden I, I'm standing on my feet and I I've, I I've, I become bold as a lion I go to my school, I start telling my friends what happened to me and what God has done. I start sharing the gospel at every opportunity. I'm up on my lunch tables preaching, you know, the, the gospel. And, and I started a small group. I didn't know that small groups were a God thing. I just started one because I was so excited about what God was doing in my life. I just wanted people to come to my our house and so I could tell them what God was doing in my life. It was amazing. My friends are getting saved. My you know, the school was changing and, you know, God was doing an incredible, amazing thing. And it was all because of an experience with the Holy Spirit. And I want that for you. I want you to rise up and, you know, with all that God has for you and to come upon you and stand up inside of you so that you can experience that. It's been the sustaining power of my life. 
I promise you. And, you know, for 40 years, I, it has kept me fresh, the breeze of the Holy Spirit blowing over my life. That's why I can stand in the front row and worship after doing this for uh, so many times, but it still is fresh. And tears roll down my face and my arms go up and I say, thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you, it all because of the Holy Spirit coming upon me. And here, see, the Bible says in Ephesians 5, 18, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And my friends, God wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and experience everything he has for you, which I promise you is even more than, even if you've been at the mountaintop, God has more. Amen. So how do you get it? Where do you go from here? It's in your notes. First thing, remove all the barriers. You've got to surrender your life completely. First and foremost, be born again. Surrender your heart to him and surrender your life to Jesus. Look what Acts 2.38, it says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. That's the first two steps. You know, be, be uh, uh, repent, salvation, be baptized with water in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He'll come into you. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So the truth is, if you're not completely surrendered, <laughs> don't expect God to fill you with power. Because think about this. You know how airplanes and rockets have those fins that guide, you know, the, whatever those louvers or stuff like that that guide the plane so it goes straight? Because there's a lot of power there. And until you surrender, when you surrender, God gives you those things to, the, to, to control that power. But if he poured power into something that didn't have those guiding systems on them, you just go like a balloon, you know, and you put that power inside of you. So you got to completely surrender. Remove the barrier of maybe sin in your life, things that are unconfessed. You got to remove the barrier of preconceived ideas. Well, I've been taught this, or I've been taught this, or I heard this, or I, you know, I think this. No, let it go. Put it all down. Just Put it all down. Yes, let go of those things and, and surrender everything to God and say, God, if this is a gift you have for me, I want it. Amen. And then you have to request the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, ask and you'll receive, right? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Say it with me. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You got to ask. You've got to ask. Amen. When you ask for the Holy Spirit to come upon you, you know you're asking according to God's will. So, because the Father wants you to experience. The next step is that you've got to receive Him by faith, which means you're going to have to make a, take a, a step of faith, which means you're going to have to step into something that you've never experienced before. You're going to have to walk a little bit on water. What do I mean by that? You're going to have to let go of some control, okay? I mean, we like control in our life. We like to, we like to you know, uh, you know, to, to 
just to be in control, right? And that's like I, like I did. I, I wanted to be in control of what was coming, you know, what I was experiencing. The best way I can explain it is in Ezekiel. It's a great scripture. And it says uh, in 47, it says, As the man went eastward with a measure line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. So he's talking about a river, a river that comes from God, right? And this river, you know, they, they, could, they walked in ankle deep, the first group, right? And I think there's people that walk in to the, the things of God. They go ankle deep. They just say, you know what? I, you know, I want to experience a little bit of God, but I want to have my feet on the ground. I want to be, you know, I don't want to be in control. Well, you can, then he goes off, he measured off another thousand cubits, led me through water that was knee deep. There's other people that go in knee deep, right? And then they, uh, then another thousand, and he led me through water that was up to the waist. And he measured off another thousand, but now it's a river that I could not cross because the river had risen, was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. Listen, you know, you, most, well, you can go into this thing with God up to your ankles. You can go up in up to your knee. You can go up at your waist, but your feet will still be on the ground. You can stay, be in control. But if you want to get into the, really where God wants you to go, you got to step in a little bit deeper. It's kind of like the Sandy River where I live, you know. And you can go into the river ankle deep. You're okay. Knee deep, you're still okay. Waist deep, you're still okay. But I promise you, you go into your <laughs> a little farther, and that current is going to take you right off your feet and you're going to go where the river goes. And that's what God wants for all of us. He wants us to step in so far. We go where the, he wants to, we just surrender ourselves to where the river of life takes us. And man, that's an exciting place. The Bible says that that river was teeming with life. Oh, I'm telling you, sign me up. I don't want to be just in a place where I'm in control. I want to see it. I want to experience it all. And then all, to get it all, you got you to gotta take a step. You got to let go. You can't control it all. Amen. And uh, you got to step and receive it by faith. And uh, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. He's who rewards those who earnestly seek him. So we remove the barriers, we make the requests, and then we receive by faith. Sometimes when you receive by faith, nothing happens, but you know God, if you trust him, you receive it by faith. It's a faith move. Then the final step is simply to relate to him daily. The more you walk and live by the Spirit's power and you cultivate that relationship with him, then you begin to hear his voice clearer. And you get me into know him in a, in a friendship type of way. Listen, the Holy Spirit is my best friend. I talk to him all the time. Uh, you know, you may see me doing this, my mouth moving in my truck. Say, man, that guy's talking to himself. Oh, no. I'm having a conversation with my best friend. And we're having a great time together. My goal for this series was to connect you to the deeper, to the one Jesus said would guide you, teach you, lead you, comfort you, and empower you daily. Because man, you got, I know you got stuff going on in your world that you need God's power to help you with. 
And that's why I want you to experience the Holy Spirit, the gift from the Father, and be baptized and let his power come upon you. Amen? So we have one last scripture. The worship team is going to come up here. It's in uh, first, uh, Second Corinthians. Can we get that up on there? And uh, can you just leave that up there? Uh, but here's, the, here's what I want to do. I want to pray this scripture over you. Because this is what I, my, my deepest desire for your life is. That you would experience these things. The amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ. The extravagant love of God. The intimate and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. No one looking around. Father, we thank you today. I thank you for the men and women in this room today. And I thank you that you have an incredible love for them. And you want them to experience today all that you have for them. And Father, I pray that the amazing grace of the Master Jesus would just be upon each one. I pray that if there's anyone in this room that has never experienced the amazing grace of Jesus, that today they would just simply say yes. Thank you for joining us. We are located at 1415 Northeast 223rd Avenue in Fairview, Oregon. You can find us online at www.anthemfamily.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Anthem Family. God bless.